Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone. I am Brett Ridgway, and I want to welcome you to another edition of the Spotlight on Speaking show. Now, my guest this week is a gentleman named Jeff Klein. And since 2004, Jeff has spoken in front of over 800 audiences, totaling tens of thousands of business professionals. He's a recognized expert on the importance of the words we use when talking about our businesses. And Jeff has a proven track record of brainstorming initiatives, tracking referrals, making presentations, facilitating negotiations, spearheading projects, and closing deals. Jeff spent 20 years working in the motion picture and TV industry as a prop master and art director. He was the executive director of the Texas Association of Media Motion Professionals and has served on both charity and association boards and spent time working for the Texas Rangers and the Dallas Stars. Jeff's the founder of Speaker Co-op, a cooperative community of business and professional speakers, which has grown to over 6,000 members. When he's not working, you'll find Jeff talking about movies, playing poker, or being the most awesome uncle in the world. Help me welcome to the show today, Jeff Klein. Welcome, Jeff. Hi, Brett. How you doing? Good. So I hope that you're not uh, being, you know, the awesome uncle while you're playing poker. <laughs> well, only once. <laughs> My uh, nephew, for his, uh, I think it was his eleventh birthday, wanted to have a casino night. Oh, okay, that's cool. So I was there. I was their their Texas Hold'em dealer for uh, for that night. All right, we're good. Well, actually, you know, you have some motion picture background. I have a daughter who's actually a professional stagehand by profession. So her her, her day job is secretary in the church, but on the weekend she goes and runs the lights and the sound for like the Indianapolis Symphony and and. Uh, Pacer bowl games in Indianapolis and all that stuff. So yeah, my degree is in theater, so that's that's how I started. She loves she loves her theater stuff. So, all right, so Jeff, I want to dive right into your speaking background because you've done a lot of cool things. It sounds like, but you and I have only met fairly recently through the you know the networking events and all that. So I don't know a lot of your backstory. So, you know, how did you transition from the motion picture industry into becoming a speaker, and and when would that have been, and why was that change made? Yeah. So in um, 2001, I had just finished working for the sports teams and the the uh, my, the Motion Picture Association. That was my exit from being a freelance film person was uh, working for the film association and then for the, the stars and the Rangers production companies. And then I had worked for a small boutique ad agency, actually a minority agency 
And when it was time to be on my own, I started my own ad agency. That's what I decided I wanted to do. I wanted to do production, but as an ad agency where I would get to do the creative and work directly with the client as opposed to working for ad agencies, which is what I had done and, and, and wanted to, I wanted to be in control of the creative. And a few years into that, I found an organization or they found me where it was a mutual thing uh, called CEO space. And every Friday they were teaching the elevator pitch at a lunch right here in Dallas. And I really connected with that education and got real involved and joined the organization. And somebody said, Hey, Jeff, would you come do that thing you do on Fridays at our meeting? And I, I, you know, I made sure it was okay. And I went and did, and I understood that I was promoting the organization, but I would also be promoting my ad agency because networking is the most basic form of advertising. And so I went and did that talk and I didn't think of it as speaking, right? I uh, just thought of it as, you know, teaching this, this elevator pitch. Yeah. And uh, somebody at that meeting said, Hey, would you come do that at our meeting? And before I knew it two or three times a month, I was speaking. <laughs> Uh, so are you, this probably looks familiar to you then, huh? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> See, we've got more things in common than we knew. So, yeah, I haven't been to one of those in a while, honestly. Cause, you know, well, I joined in Vegas? 2004. Yeah. Yeah, before it was even, when the name was different. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's a great organization. It's actually one of the best business decisions I ever made. So, you know, you formed your own ad agency. So when did the speaking niche become your thing? When did you decide that you were going to focus on helping speakers? Great, great question. So what happened as part of this whole journey, and, and it's funny, Brett, I like to, I like to say uh, it, it was a series of fortunate accidents. Yeah. And, uh, but really the truth is there's no accidents. You know, it was a, a karma or the universe or God or what have you. I really think that, that everything happens for a reason. And because at the same time, I had just been referred to our Dallas, our North Texas chapter of the National Speakers Association. And I was, I had become a vendor there. They had for one year in 2004, they offered a vendor supplier membership. In all their 20-something years, they'd only offered it that one year, and that was the year I got involved and joined, right? And so, but unlike some of the other, yeah, unlike the other vendors, I stayed in the meetings to get the education, mm -hmm. while the other vendors, they go hang out in the hall or whatever. So here I am speaking two or three times a month. Once a month, I'm getting this professional education about being a professional speaker, and it, everything was converging. And so I came out with my own. One of the things they taught was to have a $20, $20 thing. So I produced a CD of the lesson I was teaching. Uh, somebody called me after a meeting once and said, after a speaking meeting once and said, hey, uh, four of us want to pay you for a workshop. Would you come back and do a workshop for us? She, yeah, I'd be glad to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I was creating products outside the ad agency. And then... Uh, and at the end of 2005, we, I was meeting people and we got together, half, five or six of us had a coffee to talk about how to get more speaking engagements. And throughout, through the conversation, I said, hey, why don't we start a lunch and invite other people who are doing what we're doing 
And they said, great idea, Jeff. Why don't you start a lunch and we'll support you? Now, as you know, Brett, that's where great ideas go to die. But this time I went ahead and carried it forward. And the truth is, none of it would have happened without the support of those very people. But I was the one who took control, who, you know, jumped on the grenade, as it were, took responsibility. And in January of 2006, 50 people showed up at our first lunch for the speaker. And so from there, it was sort of an onward and upward thing. And I started speaking once a week and then I started speaking twice a week. And then 2010, I I decided to close the ad agency and, and make my job speaker and make speaker co-op my business. And we opened a, a Houston chapter. My roommate always likes to come visit every so often there. You gotta have a good assistant. Um, and uh, so they, so, so then from 2010 to 2016, I was having an in-person meeting every month in Dallas and in Houston. So between the two meetings, probably 90 people a month were talking about speaker co-op and people were joining the website to get exposure. And we were teaching what I had learned over those, those uh, 250 speaking gigs for over a three-year period and teaching people how to turn a 20-minute talk into clients and leads. So when you speak these days, Jeff, typically, specifically, what is the topic that you speak on? I, have, I still teach business networking, but I also teach what we call business speaking. So, so my keynote is called Nine Laws to Business Speaking Success, okay. which is how to turn a 20-minute talk into clients and leads. All right, so I like to say there are three types of speakers in my mind. One's the keynoter that we're all familiar with. The second is the platform seller. And the third is the, the businessman who's just using it as a marketing tool to build awareness for the brand or whatever. So have which of those arenas have you played in and which do you like the best? Well, I my job title is speaker, but I do the third thing and I teach that. That's my niche. So I teach people to use speaking who don't ever want to change their job title to speak. Okay. Right? They want to stay a coach, a consultant, an attorney, an accountant. Exactly as you say, they speak to get clients all right so for the business builder speaker what would maybe your three biggest keys to being successful in that arena be um hey make sure you know who your audience is your desired audience that's huge because i've spoken in front of rooms where nobody in the room was a prospect uh, uh, gotta got do your homework ahead of time without yeah. give away your best stuff Give that's, value. That, that's going to fly contrary to what a lot of people will tell you for sure. I know. I know. That's controversial for some folks. But that's my number one law of those nine laws is give value. Mm -hmm. So um, know who you're speaking. You know, know who the audience is. Give value. Uh, third, I think third is don't be afraid to make an offer. Because I run into lots of folks who, and, but you got to make sure you got to do the offer properly. Yeah. So let's say make a proper offer. How's that? 
Well, you know, it's interesting. When I first started speaking, I got my start in the industry, Jeff, handling the backroom sales table at various internet and information marketing conferences and did that at about 150 different events. So yeah. I was always happy being the backroom guy because it was kind of my my shtick, you know, I was the, the mystery man in the back or whatever. But eventually I, I got over my natural introvertedness and said, all right, Brett, you need to get up on the stage too because you have information that you need to share with people. So... I was always initially a content only speaker. So I would be at a multi-speaker event and there was a lot, most of them were doing pitches. So they were offering their product or service at the end, but the event promoter would bring, bring me in to break those apart. So it wasn't pitch, 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 yeah. pitch. So it was just a content only session, but it, it totally changes the game when you add that selling component to a presentation and, and learning how to seamlessly transition from your content to your offer is a skill that I'm going to confess I fully haven't mastered yet, and it's something that a lot of speakers struggle with. So, any, any advice for people out there on how to overcome that particular barrier? Well, first, don't worry about it too much. So, I mean, I created a system that really works to turn that 20-minute talk into clients and leads, but it works because I teach my, my clients to give value, which means you show the audience that you're the solution to their problem and they'll come seek you out to hire you. So in your mind, Jeff, what is the proper percentage breakdown between content and close? Oh, you, you give value for 18 minutes and you spend two minutes making your offer. Okay, so 90, 90%. Content. Oh, yeah. Right. Maybe 95. <laughs> I, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. So, all right. Great advice, Jeff. I do have a couple other questions I want to ask you. Sure. Before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on Speaking Show. My guest this week is Jeff Klein. And Jeff, one of my more favorite questions to ask my guest is, I want you to bear your soul a little bit here, maybe embarrass yourself even in public. And that is by sharing a mistake or two that you've made along the way in your speaking career that you would highly advise aspiring speakers not to make. Well, I mean, I mentioned an audience where there were no prospects. Yeah. Don't make these, don't assume you know that, that you know everything about an audience. I, uh, I got booked to speak at a car club and I figured that car collectors were my audience. They were going to be business owners, entrepreneurs with extra money, you know, all this kind of stuff as, as people who would, who would, were interested in getting, you know, getting new business or hiring me to do training at their company. And when I got to the meeting, it turned out that they were not, they were the car owned, the people who bought collectible cars were retirees and they were people making a lot of money, but working in cubicles because they didn't have any responsibilities for generating revenue. They were engineers and rocket, literally rocket scientists and things like that. They didn't have to get clients. And when I asked, when I, I figured that out as I was eating lunch with everybody before I got up to talk, thankfully. 
And when I got up to talk, I asked how many of the folks in this room are responsible for bringing new prospects into their business. And two people raised their hands and one was the guy who had booked me. Yeah. (laughs) I wound up just telling, I thought, well, let's talk about how to get more members for your club. And they weren't really interested in that either. So I, I did. Good, good try, huh? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that used to be my fallback. So yeah, big, big that one, that one was a big one. And then the other one that I learned uh, was that uh, put, when you pass the bucket to get people's business cards, put blanks and a pen in the bucket. So the excuse of I don't have a business card doesn't work. Yeah, I've I've made out three three blank business cards essentially before for events too. You know, for you exhibit at a trade show and someone doesn't have a business card. Well, here's one yeah. fill out your information to throw it in the bucket or whatever. So exactly. All right. So we've talked, Jeff, about the importance of knowing that you're in front of the right audience as a speaker. So now that you learned that lesson in the past with the car club and all that. What do you do specifically now to investigate an event ahead of time and make sure it is the proper fit for you? Well, so I seek out the events more now than it used to be. A lot of people were calling me okay, because, I, you know, again, when you're speaking twice a week in the market like Dallas, Fort Worth, there, you know, it's word of mouth and you're getting calls each week. And I just I, I got lazy, Brett. And I, I, you know, they'd call and I'd say, great, tell me the name of your group. When are you meeting? I'll be there. Right. Yeah. Now I'm a lot more discerning about, about that. It, I was just excited to get in front of the rooms. Now it's tell me about your audience. And now actually the first question is what do you, what's your budget? And if they say, well, we don't pay our speakers, then it's like, well, tell me about your audience because uh, sometimes I'm willing to waive my fee for the right situation. Right. So I'm not a, I'm not, and I never have been a free speaker. I'm a speaker who's willing to waive his fee. And that's a Zig Ziglar says there's never, there's no such thing as a free speech. Yeah. True. So true. So Jeff, I mean, one of the reasons I was excited to have you on the show today is because you serve the same market that I serve, and that is speakers and aspiring speakers. So if you would take a couple of minutes to tell us more about what speakers co-op is all about and how people can get involved in your world if they so choose to do so. Absolutely. So, and we have a 17-year-old website, which is a good thing because we have amazing search and organic search. And of course, we do actively uh, uh, market the website. 400 plus meeting planners a month come to our site from all over the world to find speakers for their events. Some are paid, some are not. That's always between the speaker they find and the meeting planner who's looking. So as a member of Speaker Co-op, your benefits start with having a profile on the website so that they can see your topics, your bio, your your contact information. At the higher levels, they'll also see videos of you. They'll see, uh, they'll have, everybody gets links to their website, but at the higher levels, we'll promote your stuff. We'll have an event. We'll put it on our meetup. Everybody gets their books in our bookstore. Uh, everybody gets their podcasts in our podcast page. Um, we and we have a, a meetup with a couple of thousand members. We have about a nineteen. We're closing in on twenty thousand social media reach when we promote stuff. It, it's 
uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know how social media works. It doesn't mean 20,000 people will see it, right. but that's the potential audience uh, for, for, our, for our stuff. Uh, but the primary thing is we promote people who speak and we have 100 hours of education that we've gathered over the 17 years as well that's available for members. We even have a free section for some education for folks who are not quite ready to get on the site um, that, that is helpful for folks who are getting ready to be to start speaking. And the URL, Jeff, for the site is? Well, actually, I'm going to let you post the link, Brett, because we have an affiliate program. All right. Well, it'll be down in the show notes below, but uh, speakercoop.com, I believe, is the main site. That's the so, main site, right? But use so, Brett's link when uh, when he posts it. But as, as, as always, uh, Jeff, I so appreciate you being here on the show today and sharing some of your wisdom. And I'd like you, if you have, you know, share a, a final bit of wisdom for the aspiring speaker today. You know, Brett, I, I always fall back on on what Nike has been telling us for years, just do it. Yep. Don't let perfect be the enemy of great. Don't keep working on stuff until it's exactly just right. Come up with your topic. You're an expert. You know your stuff. Call the local Rotary. Find a slot to speak in. Go tell them what you do and tell them they can hire you and just get out there. Yeah, that, that's, that's so powerful. And I, I've seen perfectionism kill more products and, and businesses and, and speakers than almost anything out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be out there. You can always tweak and improve over time. But if you never launch your speaking career because you have to have the perfect signature speech, then you'll never launch a speaking career. Get, get started, get going, and make it happen. So, Jeff, thank you so much for being with us today. As always, everybody, I thank you for joining me. If you haven't already, hop on over to brettridgeway.com and pick up a copy of my free special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. And then be on the lookout for my new book coming out. It'll be available mid-March on How to Build a Profitable Speaking Business, published by Morgan James. Looking so forward to that. But, Jeff, thank you so much. And as, as always, everybody, I wish you the greatest success in all that you do. And may 2023 be your greatest year yet. Take care. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.